All right, and welcome back to another AltMed episode. This time I'm introducing, just to keep things a little bit different, uh, please remember to like and subscribe as we need to say the obligatory uh, piece each time we do this. This week, I am very excited to introduce Mike Cleary from Satavite. He's got a very interesting background, some very good insights, and some great experience from uh, different areas. I won't go too much into it. I'm going to let him do the honors. But um, Mike Cleary, please welcome to the Ultimate AltMed, and please tell us a little bit more about yourself and where you come from. Welcome, Mike. Yeah, great. Thank you. Great, great to see you guys again. It's uh, fantastic to be part of the uh, Alt Med recording for this one. So thank you for the invite. Pleasure. A pleasure. Um, I suppose a bit about me. I'm uh, yeah, medicinal cannabis patient as well as CEO of Satavite Medicinal Cannabis, um, pretty much medicine providers to the to Australia, New Zealand, um, and all over the world shortly. So it's a um, yeah, it's a great, great honour to be selected for, for a job like this to actually bring medicinal cannabis, I suppose, to the forefront for patients as a alternative style medicine. But it's really turning into a, uh, it's, it's really getting a massive following with patients as they see the success of it, as you guys have, have done from, from yeah. podcasts before that I've seen. So yeah. Um, I think the the best thing we can do is is get the message out there that there's that there is alternatives out out in the marketplace. Yeah, well, it's kind of yeah. No, I agree. I think I was <laughs> sorry. I'll, I'll let let host. Uh, I'll let you go. Ahead. I was going to say. I mean, it's, we call it alternative medicine, and it's really so, slowly creeping into mainstream medicine. I know the um, the TGA obviously yep. still. Um, yeah, has a has a different view about it as an unapproved therapeutic good, which which we of course respect. But it's as more and more people get prescribed medicinal cannabis and and have a go. It's from the doctors that I speak to, it is actually replacing their conventional medicines um, in some cases, which um, which really is astonishing. It's it's uh, it's rise from kind of a, a complementary thing that you might have in the um, the medicine cupboard to. Um, yeah, to people's main therapy. Yes, yeah. that's and that's exactly what we're seeing the transition across. Um, I, I spend a lot of time in front of doctors, patients. Um, I'm a massive advocate for it because of uh, what it what it done for me as a patient as well. Um, a lot of people know that I was on a lot of uh, opioids. Um, so yeah, to transition from that uh, from from that style of of drug which which did it, it did have its place it did work well but with the medicinal cannabis and what it's actually allowed me to do as a patient is just um is just mind-boggling and i know it doesn't work for everyone but my my theory is it's it's definitely worth a try because um yeah my my next step um talking with pain specialists that uh, that were looking after me was essentially that uh, if i if i keep going the way I was going, I was going to be on, um, on even stronger painkillers, um, much like methadone, which is a final step. So um, to that, to now actually being totally off opioids, uh, it's a massive difference. And a lot of the doctors still can't believe, and it's mainly because of my injuries. So I had a lot of nerve damage from multiple spinal fractures, um, root and nerve ending damage through the pelvis. So for me, medicinal cannabis just really works as that anti-inflammatory because that's where a lot of my pain was coming from, was from the nerves. So, yeah, um, yeah massive, massive change. 
Very interesting. It sounds um, not not exactly the same, but it sounds a little bit like um, I'm sure a lot of people have heard of the Charlotte's Web kind of thing, where the story and and the and the brand is kind of born somewhat out of somebody's personal experience with suffering and 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 the relief they found in cannabis, which mm. you know is, is an all too familiar story now, I'd say. Um, and yep. going to what you said before, I think. Yeah, we're, we're starting to see that that blend of the two worlds. So traditionally, cannabis has kind of sat in this almost like hippie-like area and like not Chinese medicine, but like but non-traditional, non-Western medicine kind of uh, field. And now we're starting to see, you know, products get added to the ARTG and really the clinical data coming out showing there is um, efficaciousness um, or mm. efficacy rather. Um, and it's, and it's, and it's kind of now being adopted in mainstream medicine and it's, and it's, but it still doesn't deter people who feel that it's, you know, got these kind of, uh, more spiritual properties, if you will. So we're seeing this kind of two worlds collide, which is a really exciting thing. And, and I can't think of any other drugs that maybe do that at this point. Yeah, I agree. And with, with hardly any side effects, that's the that's what I love about it. Um, nearly every drug that I was on, um, which there was multiple, um, they all had a side effect that um, it's up to the patient to decide what side effect fits in with their lifestyle and, and their pain management. Um, and it's really good to see a lot of the uh, larger players now doing a lot of the I suppose the photokinetic studies um, or pharmacokinetic studies on on products um, to be registered, like the Schedule Three of CBD, which is which is coming just around the corner. So it's I think it can only mean good things for the cannabis industry. It is a long road. I I would imagine we've probably still got another five years of researches and studying to do. Um, and the deeper we look, the the more we start to see like the entourage effect from terpenes. Um, and even the types of, of carrier oils that are used and, and everything. So that's, yeah, yeah, it's, it's very exciting. One yeah, minute. and that's definitely... Uh, uh, go on, Andrew, you, go, you get in there. I knew that as soon as you mentioned Entourage Effect, I was going to get excited. But I, um, I will actually park that because before we dive into that, I just, only if you're comfortable sharing, Mike, but I'd be just interested to hear a little bit more about your journey as a patient before we sort of talk a bit about yeah. Satellite and everything. Because... I know that, um, you know, of people that have started to tune in to, to our podcast and, you know, and on, on the many Facebook forums about medicinal cannabis, it's so interesting to hear everyone's different experiences with it. But are you able to maybe just talk through what happened to you, what your condition was, what you were treated with, some of the, the specific side effects you were dealing with and, and then how cannabis helped you? Yeah, definitely. Um, and and it's I, I do actually love talking about my my accident, my journey over uh, what's it been now? Nearly coming up to ten years. So it's it was a very long journey. Um, five of those years was without medicinal cannabis. So I'm about halfway. Um, the one of the biggest issues I had was essentially the the spinal damage that, that occurred, the root nerve damage, the, um, yeah, I, I can't feel parts of my left and right leg, parts of my shoulder. Um, there's parts of my face that are, that are still numb um, that may never come back as well. So it's a bit, it's, but the pain was always there from the nerve pain because the, the body trying to just wake up those nerve, nerve endings, nerve cells, 
that was one of my my biggest issues was the nerve damage, which happens with most people with um, with spinal damage, spinal injuries. Um, was this root from a, nerve injuries, uh, which are like very a, common? Uh, like a, a sort of an accident with uh, a vehicle, or like how how did you find yeah. yourself in that uh, car accident? Was it? Yeah, motorcycle accident. Um, so yeah, um, a guy. Yeah pretty much um, turned off the road onto me and I hit him doing about 110 oh. kilometers an hour, which, yeah, that, uh, it, it was a long, long recovery for that, that part. Um, very lucky to be here. Um, multiple surgeries. What have oh, I had wow. so far? 27, I think. Um, they've amputated my right leg twice and put it back on. I just looking Big at shout you out to uh, Professor Jolt at John Hunter. <laughs> Thanks, thanks, wow. Joel. Good work. Like wow. um, no, that's uh, <laughs> that, that's unbelievable. You're looking like just this shining, healthy beacon. I, I, I just, it's hard to believe, you know, through that that that's uh, that's been the journey that that you've been on. And I, yeah, 27 surgeries, nerve damage, spinal fractures. Uh, so they very quickly would have had you on the what endone or what kind of opioids did yeah. they treat you with? Lots of opioids. Um, I pretty much didn't move a great deal for about six months. Probably, oh, I wasn't walking until probably around the six-month mark. Um, so I was learning to walk, I think it was about month four, um, after I had, because I had a lot of X-fixes in my pelvis um, that were actually outside because of the breaks. And it was quite difficult because the body didn't really know what to do so I was I was probably I was in a wheelchair for probably first year and a half two years in and out um and in bed a lot of the time probably only out of bed for maybe two hours uh, a day in the first 12 months so it was very difficult um massive support from my wife and, and family and everyone else I just I literally wouldn't be here without them so um it's it's one of those big things and it's great for them to actually see where I was to where I am now. Yeah. And it, it, it kind of gives people a lot of hope that, yes, it's bad now, especially when you're injured, because you can't think past the, today yeah. because that is literally all you can live for is just the day. Um, you can't take it. You can't go, oh, in six months I'll be okay because literally it is day by day and it is a long road to recovery and it's a, and it's a mental journey as well. Sure. And, but that would create a lot of, uh, I guess, inspiration for a lot of people that, um, you know, are finding it hard to see the uh, forest from the trees, I guess. Definitely. Yeah. And it's, and that was also one thing that the, um, the medicinal cannabis was, was brilliant that actually brought back my sleep patterns back to normal from all Mm. the, uh, all the, all the damage that, so I pretty much, I don't think I, I, it took me about three years to learn to roll over in bed again. Whoa. So it was a it was a long journey. I was literally fixed in one spot. Yeah, I, I, I um I had some very minor surgery. I won't even put it in remotely the same ballpark that you've been describing. But I was on the endone in the aftermath of that, and uh, yeah, all the side effects with you know you feel all bound up, you know, digestive system and everything. Yep. It's it's an absolute nightmare. And uh, I mean, sure, yeah. okay, pain relief tick, but a whole myriad yeah. of other problems that uh, that follow. Um, I'm just thinking long-term use of those products and having that 
um, you would have mm. obviously reached a point at which your body, your opioid, your endo opioid system begins that dependency. Um, what was that like withdrawing from it and sort of moving to medicinal cannabis? I think you said it was about five years ago that you, you started that. Yeah, well, it was quite fast. My, well, my, for me as a patient, it was very, very quick. I was, um, I was probably within three weeks that I was starting to get less pain from nerve, um, nerve damage from the, so I was on the trial, I think for Sativex back in 2016, I think it was one of their final stage trials and I was a part of that. So the, um, so the spray and it was, it worked really well. Sometimes this, this, uh, this does happen. We get a little bit of, uh, a disrupted feed, but um, that's all right. Might just get you to yeah. just that last bit. You were saying so three weeks, and you were already able to transition pretty well. Is that really sort of? Yes, how within three weeks, I was I was feeling the benefit um, mainly through sleep. So I was sleeping a lot better, which yeah. was which was excellent, and it really really did. It just opened my eyes to what to what was possible. Yeah. Um, and then over the next, I would say the next probably two months, I started to just think to myself, well, maybe I don't need the pain drugs as much. So I, I just started to reduce them myself because I thought, well, if, if this is working and I'm getting more pain relief, why, why not? So um, that's when I started to step back. And that took um, probably three years. I'm, I'm finally off them 100% now. I was on, I think it was about 180 milligrams a day. So it was a decent amount. Whoa. Of opioid, yeah. like a, which, like a, was it endone or something else? Yeah, Oxycontin. Oxycontin, 180. Because I got given, yeah. after my surgery, they, I don't know, maybe they picked me as potentially someone that, uh, that might have a hard time kicking the habit or something. I'm not sure, but they only gave me five milligram tablets. So they were playing very safe yeah. uh, with, with me. But 180 milligrams a day, and you've probably... What are you? What what was the actual product that you were? So you said Sativex. What kind of uh, dosage yes. were you on for? Um, I assume you know CBD and everything. How, how was that? Yeah, it was a. It's a CBD one to one spray. So it was. Um, what was it? It was probably about twelve times a day. I'd have a, every time I felt a bit of pain coming on, I'd just spray it in my mouth, um, and within probably five minutes, it had actually subside fairly fairly fast even even a lot faster because i think once it's built up in your body it, it does last a long time i know um with my nerve pain now i can literally go probably 24 hours with uh, no no cannabis treatment and i don't have any pain but after that 24 hours that's when the nerve pain really really strikes again okay. yeah wow. Right, so then that's brought you to, I'm guessing, this long kind of quest almost to, uh, to, to tell people about the story, say there is hope, and then obviously out of that, I'm assuming you was born Sativite and, um, you know, yep. a, I guess a company that would allow you to further that uh, research and really provide the most benefit to other people in the community that might be suffering from a similar condition. Yeah, and we forgot to mention yes. you're a farmer as well, so that ties in a bit too, doesn't yeah. it? Yeah, yeah, it certainly yeah. does. I, well, I know what the what the hemp um, field hemp actually does to the soil, uh, which is which is amazing things as a as a cover crop, and 
Um, just just something to recycle all the nutrients that are in the soil. Um, the cannabis plant is unbelievable. So if it's that good for the soil, it had to be good for us. Yeah. And that, that's that's the whole theory. So tell us a little bit about that, that kind of farming background and uh, one of these uh, terms, regen farming, for, for some others that might not be aware of what that is. Yes, so um, very, very passionate about regenerative farming. Um, been a member of Australian Soil Planners, uh, which is a, a farming group that, that really specialise in producing the best. I suppose it's nearly food. Food for medicine is one of the big things. So because the, the soil is so healthy and working so well, um, it, it just goes to show that the, the grains growing from that soil actually are a lot more nutritious for people. So they're actually... A lot, a lot more nutrient dense than uh, standard, and we actually see a lot of it. We've actually, uh, yeah, the guys have got uh, flour mills um, that have partnered, and a lot of bakers now that are that are on board, the artisan style bakers, and they they love the grain, um, the dough strength, and everything that comes from it. So. We had a bit of a chat going back quite a few years ago about it. And um, that was when I first started medicinal cannabis. And the guys said, well, why don't we start growing this stuff? And I said, oh, it's a bit harder than that. You need a license and Office of Drug Control. And, and they said, well, we just need to find someone that can do it. So we, uh, we got the team together and uh, the guys went, okay, let's, let's do this. Because uh, the most, the second reason for getting into the medicinal cannabis space from the farming side of things was also the supply. So supply was so erratic in the early days for medicinal yeah. cannabis patients. Mm. Um, and to me, what happened on quite a few occasions was I couldn't get enough medicine. So they would literally run out for a week or two at a time. My issue was I was straight back on the opiates um, because that that's literally was the only thing that would work other than medicinal cannabis. I've tried everything else. So the only way to get relief was there. So then the side effects started again. Um, and it just, to me, it, I know what I was going through as a patient and I was thinking of everyone else as well. And I just, I, I thought, well, there needs to be more in the market. That's the only way that this is going to, to get yeah. better for patients and for everyone. We just need more, more cannabis people in the market um, promoting product and, and getting the best quality product out to, out to patients. So especially considering the illicit market is so strong. Yeah, hundred percent. And so on that piece around the better quality, tell us a little bit about that. I know you're talking about carrier oils and, and terpenes and being critical in what you see as the future of quality in Australia. Um, I'd love to get your, your thoughts on that. Yeah, I, I love, we keep abreast of a lot of uh, information that's happening overseas. A lot of research is happening um, due to COVID. We haven't been able to travel over there for a few years to trade shows and different things where we'd normally pick up on a lot, lot more of the scientific um, explorations that are happening. But we've got a, a few partners over in Canada, um, which they are doing some great things at the moment with the uh, terpene. And, and I suppose the biggest one that I really love are the increasing the bioavailability of medicines mm. to make it more efficient for patients to have it. So, which would make it cheaper. So that's, that's one thing I really like to see is that uh, if we can increase the bioavailability of, of this chemical in the body, well, it's going to make the product cheaper for the patient. And at the end of the day, that's what we want. Um, we want patients to have more access to this type of medicine. And because it's not on the PBS or the pharmaceutical benefits scheme, 
it is quite highly priced. Um, so it's a, it's a very hard decision to make. Do you pay five to $600 a month for medicine or do you stay with the $6 a script for the other drugs? Um, yeah, it's a, it's a tough one that, that unfortunately some people don't even have a choice in. They've just got to stick with the PBS-style yeah. prescriptions yeah. because they, they just don't have the funds to do it. And, yeah, I can see driving that price down being key to this. Yeah, amazing. So in terms of um, when we're talking about those products that in the research in, in Canada and the rest, I guess, the rest of the world, um, when you're talking about... Um, excipients and, and or carrier oils and, and terpenes what, what do you what do you see the direction for the product differentiation is there any any insights in that that you can sh- feel free to share or you know definitely don't, don't want to take any ip yeah. but you know yeah there's a, there's a lot of developments happening with the uh, the entourage effect as they say and terpenes i know mm-hmm. with um with a lot of our, our flower and how we do that, we try and protect the terpenes. Um, a lot of cannabis that is, is grown and even imported into Australia has to be irradiated. Um, so that does, the gamma radiation, is, is, it's, it's a safety thing that has to happen. Um, it ensures safety of the lungs for patients. But some of the side effects are that the terpene profile gets broken down through mm-hmm. that as well. Yeah. Um, and... That's why we end up moving towards the canning of the product using uh, nitrogen to to ultimately make it more stable, but also create a vacuum to to kill whatever's living in there. So we're seeing some great results from that. Um, It's been around a long time, the canning, well, canning of anything. Um, So we were over in, uh, I think it was Canada and America a few years ago when we first seen it. And... The guys just said, "We we need this. This is this is going to make such a big difference to the to the patient in the long run." Um, and that's that's why we went down that path. But the terpenes in oils are very interesting again because we can actually add them back. Um, part of the breakdown of the oils is adding back terpenes. Still, a lot of research needs to be done. Um, I I'm a massive believer in a lot of the terpenes having that entourage effect, which from my understanding, works probably even better with THC than it does CBD. But that's just that's just from my, I suppose, our R&D with Satavite doing some R&D on that as well. Oh, there's quite a few people, I think, have put their hand up for R&D on t- THC and terpenes. <laughs> Definitely. There's a, there's a line, I'm sure. But um, yeah, that's very interesting. Uh, we talk about this. This is one of our favourite topics to actually talk about. We were talking with a guy. Matt Shales was about this um, in, in one of the previous episodes and, and um, just the combinations that may or may not be out there and, and which ones are kind of preferential and, you know, who, what's your favourite terpene, myrcene, limonene, abyssal, that, that kind of thing. And then yep. um, the next kind of layer of uncharted uh, entourage effect, which is flavonoids as well coming mm. in there um, to create. And like, that's a, that seems to be the next frontier that hasn't even really been even um grazed at this point it's it's people know it's out there and 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 it's responsible for certain different colors and things like that but um yeah that research is even less than turbine so it's it's very interesting to see what might be uncovered over the next five ten years and and, and it's part of the plant has something exciting about it i mean save for the stem the stem's pretty boring there's not much in there but um (laughs) they use that in um that's true 
Yeah, we the, use that. We use that in yeah. um yeah to make herd and fiber from. It's uh, uh a lot of the herd down. actually gets sent. No, yeah, mate. makes paper. Oh mate, well uh yeah, just disregard everything I just said. <laughs> <laughs> Don't bag it, Andrew. Oh, sorry. Oh, what's what's the I'm old... sorry, cannabis. I'm sorry, cannabis. Um, yeah. <laughs> what's the, uh, there is an old saying, actually. It's, it's what do they say? Canna- the cannabis plant is like the uh, the pig. You can use everything except for the squeak. <laughs> and that's, uh, I've remembered that one. That's actually from a uh, colleague of mine. And yeah, that, because uh, so it it's, is it's so basically usually, a, it's a kosher mm-hmm. pig. Is what you're trying to say. It kosher. is a kosher pig. Sorry. Yeah, yeah, that's right. <laughs> it's um and and it's amazing. Like, well, even um, I was watching a podcast of um Alt-Med? one of the first people. Actually, it wasn't one of you, it wasn't Alt Med, unfortunately, but I should give you the name of this uh this contact we've got over in America. A lot of research with the cannabis route. Um to actually extract some, uh, I know in Aboriginal culture, um, they use the cannabis root a lot in medicine for, for making teas for sore stomachs and sore throats. So that was, that's, so they've, uh, they've probably taken that a little bit further. They're a uh, First Nations company over in Canada that were developing it. So that's yeah, it's, it's very interesting what the, and so it's the root as well. So all of a sudden you've got the root, the stalk, the, the wow. flower, um, yeah, it's it's an amazing plant, and what, what are they? We've really only now? just rediscovered it. I'm just curious, what are they doing with the the root? Do you, is it- they are doing. Um, they're pulling certain uh, chemicals and different structures out of the root that will actually target different diseases, which is quite interesting. Without saying too much, yeah, yeah, they've got right. some really good R and D going on. Um, which, yeah, they, yeah, it's amazing. It's. And it's from the root of a plant. And yeah, it's what can be done with this, especially with now the larger pharmaceutical guys getting involved in cannabis, they'll take it to the next level. They've they've got the experience to actually make it even bigger and better. Mm-hmm. I was going to say, uh, I need to get a root, but um, obviously in the context of, of what we're, we're discussing, but, uh, <laughs> but yeah, that's, uh, no, that's, that's seriously amazing. I mean, how... I never would have anticipated yeah. the R and D frontier has gone to that place, but uh, my goodness, it's um, yeah, so much, so much happening. Um, but what about the in terms there of is. like yours? Um, and we, you know, mindful not to speak specifically, but Satavite's actual flower products um, are these? You know, what kinds of strains are we able to to talk through some of that? Or yeah, is that yeah, cool. Yeah, cool. sure. Are, are we? Are we? Do we do that? I'm not sure. We talk strains. I don't know. I'm not sure. That's probably uh, maybe, maybe touching on maybe maybe not satellite strains, but maybe just generally about some of the strains you like. Maybe let's say. <laughs> yeah. Oh, they're all all the strains are great. Um, it's definitely a you've got to try as a patient. I suppose speaking from experience, you've got to you've got to try a lot of um, a lot of I suppose it's what works for your body and and what's ailing you at, at the time because yeah. we already know about the terpene effect. So one of the key effects I know with everything we do, there's COAs with with full terpene profiles, THC breakdowns. The doctors now that we're seeing, they're really looking at the whole COA um, certificate of analysis for patients and actually 
having a really good conversation with them around what's worked for other patients with similar um, issues or, or injuries and just where it really it really helped. Um, I know a lot of um, a lot of strains that work for me are usually sativas because they're a little bit more uplifting, um, more of a body uplift, which is what what you want when your body's broken. Um, so I find that that's that's definitely my my strong point is is that. Um, but for every patient's different. Um, insomniacs want want heavy hitting indicas to put yeah. them to sleep yeah um yeah it's it's yeah. and the best thing is you can literally try all different types <laughs> it's, it's all there you gotta yeah cast a wide net part of that r&d bit with the uh with the high thc that you were doing as you know all in the name of science obviously yeah were you ever on um you know, medicinal marijuana prior? Had you ever tried it earlier in your life or that kind of thing? When I was a young guy, I did. I'm probably a teenager, like most teenagers. Um, I did try it. Didn't do a lot for me. Um, I was like, oh yeah, it's it's. it's I'd rather have a beer. Uh, that was that was ultimately how how it worked. Um, had a lot of mates that that used to enjoy it a lot, but it never really uh, never really done much for me until I was injured, and that's when my body really did. It done amazing things. Um, it's definitely a medicine. Um, most people that that I think use it recreationally, I'd definitely it's it does help. Um, I, I come across um, people all the time telling me their story about post traumatic stress disorder from abuse and everything else, and they actually say that it has helped them a lot. It uh, really levels, helps them sleep, lets them deal with with their with their issues as they come up through flashbacks as well. Um, so it's 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 an interesting one, but it's um, definitely a medicine plant. There's no doubt. So, yeah, I'm I'm a, as you can tell, a massive advocate of it because it it really does get out. And and ultimately, it's not about plugging product. It's about giving patients just a wide range of products, like from from all of the all of the pretty much cannabis companies out there now. Um, we really need to band together and, and make it about the patient, which we are. Um, I know talking with other cannabis companies, we, we do have a chat about what's happening and we see what's happening in the market with each other. And um, I, I feel that driving it, driving it forward for the patient advocates is, is where we're really going to get, I suppose, our best bang for our buck as a, as a group of patients trying to just improve life for everyone. Yeah, absolutely. It's interesting that um, cannabis and beer or hops actually do come from the same family there. I know Certainly Andrew, do, they're cousins. Andrew, yeah. you've tried to use beer medicinally, I think, but that might have had something to do with that um, root R&D you were doing. I'm not sure <laughs> <if that. laughs> yeah, no, I honestly, um, I, I, yeah, that, like, I don't know, having a beer and having some oil, you can actually taste like the, the crossover between hops and, and all of the, the terpenes. It's um, it really is fascinating. I'm a very big, uh, big fan of the, the IPAs and, and all of that. So yeah, all about, um, all about those pine and, and other things that you get in there. What's that? Terpenes and flavonoids. Yeah, absolutely. The terps and flavs, but, um, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, it's, it's great. It's, and, and it's, and well, even Delta 8, I don't know if you guys have heard of the Delta 8 THC. 
yeah. as yet. Um, fairly big overseas with with a lot of it. It's um, it's an interesting one, and that's part of that technology again coming out from deriving it from CBD, um, just running it through a certain process and extracting pretty much a what would you call it like a light THC with less side effects. Um, very interested in in some of that. I know in America it's under a farm bill, which is quite interesting, but. Um, I, I do feel in Australia we'll start to see some of those products coming out, um, mainly because it's it has been over there for, for quite a few years as well. So, yeah, it's, it just goes to show that we, we've barely scratched the surface with, with what this plant can do and, and just with ultimately what it can do for, for food and, and also the environment. The carbon capture of hemp is unbelievable. Um, it is literally amazing. Yeah, it's incredible. I, I agree with you. And also on that part about the other, say, Delta-8, for example, and other minor cannabinoids, CBG, CBN, we see a lot of discussion about that of late. And a lot. Of, I've been seeing a lot of people talking about CBN for sleep, for example, um, yeah. of late. There's, there's, a, there's a lot of buzz around that. We, we, um, we're fans of CBG, CBC as well. That, that seem to be ones that you, you get to see a little bit more often. Um, when you start delving into fuller or broader spectrum uh, products that are out there. But um, yep. definitely, it's, I think we're going to get to a stage one day where you have basically all of these compounds, which we, we've done the studies on, and you, you know CBG does that, CBC does that, pinene does X kind of has effect. And then you start making these almost cocktails or concoctions that are specifically catered to, here's a sleep formula, here's an anxiety formula, Here's one for chronic pain. Here's one for neuropathic pain or fibromyalgia, yep. for example. And, and you'll be taking, at, now we just call it the entourage effect because the research we haven't fully done. But, but I mean, the science is out there. It just, it just has to be completed, I, I'd say. So I think one yep. day, it, very interesting. I almost see it like, a, like this idea of having products that you like mix your own almost kind of thing. Maybe not in Australia, but in America where you're like, you know, you can kind of Choose grab a bit own. of that off the shelf, put them together. <laughs> Choose your own adventure. Yeah. Yeah. That's it. And, and that's, that's, and well, that's what compounding chemists do essentially. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. And, and I really think it's important that the, the compounding um, chemists, like they, they can come up with some great things. And we use a lot of um, compounding chemists feedback on products that they'd like to see because they're at the, coal front as well of, as of this um i suppose the oils more so than the flour um but definitely the oils because they're seeing what's really working in the market they're, they're nearly like an r&d team themselves yeah yeah they're doing some amazing work in the australian landscape because mm -hmm. they're the only ones that can really do kind of small batch brews and really test out um you know in in they're kind of excluded from all the other regulatory hurdles and that allows them to really take on, I don't know, I don't want to say burden, but to really sit and, and, and create the formulas for the, for the lab rats out there. Yeah, and also the, yeah. um, like we're seeing, I don't know, CBG isolate products and, and things like that. There's just so mm. much potential to, to be bringing in those other minor cannabinoids as isolates and, and having them compounded. Um, so I guess yeah. it's, um, that's, I think what we're going to see more of in the next, few years i also think just pharmacy yeah. generally whether compounding or or not or just retail setting anyone who's dispensing cannabis is is in that sort of position where they 
can observe, you know, if they're dispensing multiple brand different products from the pharmacy, they sort of, as you said, they're at the cold phase. Mm. They can see, um, you know, patients might be coming back and reporting in a glowing way about certain products. And and so they, they've probably, I think, always got a very good barometer on, you know, which ones really yep. work and which ones are, are maybe not, not as effective. Definitely. Um, that's, and that's what we've found from, from my experience with, um, cause we're, I'm a big believer in bringing out some new products all the time. Like it's, it's part of every medicinal cannabis company to be doing that. Like we really need to be casting our eye wide to what the rest of the world's doing, seeing what fits in with our legislation over here and, and really driving it forward because that, that's how we're going to drive the industry forward is, is through this product change. Australia is a very small market. So a lot of the uh, bigger players don't really want to, come to Australia. Um, so it's up to us to go over there and see what they're up to. And um, yeah, we there's some exciting developments really happening uh, at the moment now, especially in the medicinal market. Um, even though the recreational has opened up quite a lot in America, still a lot of companies over there that are just concentrating on medical um, because they can, they can see the benefit of actually having doctors prescribe this for certain, certain illnesses, certain ailments. Uh, rather than going to a dispensary where you can try everything, but realistically, if you can go to a doctor that's already got knowledge, he can narrow it down to maybe three or four different products instead of, I know overseas, there's probably 6,000 products in any one dispensary. So it can be confusing. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, I think that's where Australia will play very well in the medicinal space. I mean, we do have quite a reputation for, for a high standard of, of, of medicinal products in general. You put us, you know, in that kind of echelon with Switzerland and Germany and that kind of thing. So I, I think I can see, you know, that's the approach we've taken. It, it fits the, fits the bill. And, and I can see us really kind of excelling in that area as a nation, I would say, as opposed to the recreational work. Definitely. <laughs> Legal. Yeah, and if you Except can survive in Canberra. Australia, you can survive anywhere. <laughs> it's true. If only we could use CBD for snake bites. I don't know if there's been any uh, research into that yet. But, um, we just need to get a route for that, Mitch. But, uh, but anyway, um, yeah, I think we... <laughs> Sorry, I just wanted to get it in there again. Um, loving the for lag. Snake. We're really getting a, a tough crowd with the lag, or, or maybe it's just a tough crowd. Um, but uh, no, I just wanted to say, Mike, thank you so much We'll, yeah, I'm, I'm sure we'll, uh, as, as you progress with Satavite and everything, we'll, we'll be sure to, um, to check in again uh, at, a, at a later point. But um, yeah, I just wanted to say thanks so much as well for just opening up and, and sharing, you know, your, um, your, your journey as a patient. Um, big yeah. shout out to your wife and family. As you, as you said, you know, you always need that support crew. Um, yep. And yeah, just to see, you know, to come from, that place to where you are now it's uh, it's quite extraordinary so um yeah to share all that and to, to it certainly is <laughs> that uh that when you if are- i can do it anyone can do it that's the, that's the thing if i can do it any it's it's literally anyone can do it um i'm i'm not overly special i'm just very lucky to be here a lot of good a lot of good people around me a lot of good surgeons a lot of good physios um, so yeah, and that's why I'm so passionate because I'm, I, I often think about it and I go, gee, I probably, I probably wouldn't be here now with the amount of uh, medicine I was ingesting. Um, it was only a matter of getting another drug and anything could have happened with a, 
uh, counter effect because I think I was on about uh, over 20 different prescription drugs at one stage. Whoa. So it was, it was fairly up there. Jeez. Well, yeah, you've weaned off all that. Your, um, your days of, you know, polypharmacy cocktails are, are well and truly behind you and yeah, very good to see you um, getting great results from medicinal cannabis. So um, thank you so yep. much for, for joining us for, um, for Altmed and we'll, um, yeah, we'll be sure to, uh, to pick it up again for, um, yeah, for a further discussion a little bit along the way. Mitch, did you have any final thoughts uh, for Mike? Well, I've got to give Mike the uh, obligatory philosophical oh, this is coming. But, you know, the last question that we are, thank you very much. I, I parrot what, what Andrew said about um, sharing your story and all that, but we do need to ask you when, if ever, you see recreational cannabis in Australia. Timeline. That, that's a very, very tough one. It's, um, I... I certainly do do see it coming in. I would imagine within about ten years. Um, maybe it's a bit of wishful thinking on my part, but uh, I'd really just love to see access improved. That's so, that's my thing. I think there's no need to recreate. It'd be great if it was recreational because it means it's more accessible to patients that need it. So. I would love to see bulk billing clinics for cannabis um, and also to start seeing some cannabis on the PBS. That, that's what I would like to see first, um, some subsidies for, for current setup. Um, yeah, so that, and that, that's just me, um, knowing, knowing that a lot of our patients, really it's expensive medicine um, and it's just, we've just got to make it more accessible. We've had some more yeah. uh, ambitious guesses than that. I mean, we're going to hold you to 2031, but we've had some... <laughs> some guests on the the podcast that have uh, put out the feelers for sort of a five year. I think what we should do, Mitch actually is um, trawl back through the, uh, the podcasts, maybe in so doing, we can add a few views to the view count and, uh, and we'll get all the answers and collate them on the, um, on the AltMed website. And yeah, <laughs> do a little chart tally a chart and we can, I don't know what the prize is. We'll come up with something. If it's, if it goes recreational in the next three years, then the prize will be some sort of recreational product. But, um, yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, I think, I think that's the way we need to go, but, uh, yeah. Anything final as well? Definitely. <laughs> no, that that's been, it's as, as you said, it's been, a, it's actually been one of my, um, my favorite podcast to be honest it's been a great little yarn so um yeah just have to say thank you yeah. very much to mike for joining us this week and, no, um, yeah happy to happy to talk about any experiences happy to talk to patients um yeah it's it's just yeah we we really need to to just make people better and this can do it a hundred percent. Well, we will uh, we look forward to our next chat with you, Mike, and, and thanks so much for joining us. Great. Thanks, guys. Have a good one. Cheers. Cheers.